This is the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, located at 2410 Grand Avenue in Laramie, where we happen to be right now. And you can go to the Frontier Mall in Cheyenne, uh, located there on Del Range. Uh, it smells really good. I think it's kind of messing with me a little bit. Uh, the 7220sports.com kickoff show is also sponsored by Wild Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Warren's Repair and Towing, and Rocky Mountain Shirtworks. We are outside Dickie's Barbecue Pit in the Gym City. It's the home opener for the Wyoming Cowboys. Another chance. Another chance. Uh get back on the field. It, it seems quick uh, after last week's debacle in uh, Champaign, but uh, it, it's another opportunity for the Cowboys to get in the win column here, get in the win column for the first time this season. Uh, joined, as always, by Jared Newland here at uh, Dickey's. That smells pretty darn good. Oh, you it? smell that brisket smoking <laughs> right now? <laughs> yes. Feel free to stop by. we got tickets to get rid of today. Uh... In fact, we have tickets to give away right now. If you want to stop in and identify yourself as um, that you heard this on the radio today, uh, you have two free tickets for today's game. Kickoff at 1.30. Kickoff at 1.30, right over the hill here at uh, War Memorial Stadium. Really excited for this one, believe it or not, after last week. It's another chance to get back in the win column, like I said. I'm just really, I don't feel like that was the true team we saw last week. I don't feel like we saw what this team is even remotely capable of. On the flip side, I know everybody thinks the sky is falling, but I also feel like Illinois was not 32 points better than the Cowboys. I thought just everything that could go wrong went wrong. I do believe that Illinois is a much improved football team, though. Yeah. Especially on that defensive side of the ball. Even though they were pretty efficient on offense, don't take anything away from Brown and and DeVito and stuff like that. But um, I really do think that they're a really good defensive team, and especially in the secondary. Yeah. They, they were pressing the wide receivers, and they – they weren't giving them any room to work. And that's something that we'll talk about here, about what Coach Ball said about getting separation. But um, Brown is everything he was uh, <laughs> He's pretty good. talked about. I mean, that yeah. guy, and he could have been a lot more damage if um, they would have played him more. Uh, but he made guys miss. I mean, granted, Cowboys took some bad angles. They hopefully worked on their tackling this week. <laughs> but he is going to be playing on Sunday. He is shifty, isn't he? Uh, that was the best word, just kind of shifty and explosive. So strong, was too. Strong. Yep. I thought uh, Isaiah Williams on the outside, though he only had he had seven catches, so it looked like he was all over the place. But really, those went for like twenty seven yards. Yep. But he was shifty, and he got out of a lot of arm tackles. That's for sure. And there was a lot of arm tackles. Coach Bull mentioned that in his press conference this week that he loved the pursuit. He just didn't love the end result as far as tackling went. And he also mentioned how hard it is to replicate that in practice these days because it just. They don't hammer down like that, and it's hard to replicate. Yeah, and I I do believe um, you. Some people will probably call me crazy. The Cowboys were in position. The defensive calls were there, and they were really in position to make some plays. They just didn't make the plays. Yeah, I thought aside from that first touchdown, which was of course forty one seconds in, Easton Gibbs kind of got caught up in traffic there a little bit. But you know, nice creative play calls yep. to get a wheel route right out of the backfield. I mean, when's the last time we've seen that? from a Wyoming play caller years yeah for real I think and, and even a screen pass I think the last one I remember seeing a wheel route was at San Diego State in 2019 to Titus Swin, and I think it went for like 36 yards so throw that one out of the playbook well and maybe you go back a couple of years to when was it uh Harshman that caught that touchdown yeah. pass like the first play of the game or whatever yeah dial uh, it up yeah that was a night that was to uh Xavion Valaday but also I think you're talking about Harshman uh against UNLV Stack box, just popped it right yep. over the top. Off he went. 
Didn't see much creativity, and uh, that's my main question for you right now, Jared, is uh, what's your biggest question mark, your biggest, oh my God, after Illinois? Well, play calling one, most definitely, and the lack of separation from the wide receivers. Yep. Um, granted, they probably will not see um, DBs as athletic as Illinois the rest of the season. Maybe BYU and, and Boise State have those type of guys. But um, they still have to create some separation, and that comes with play calling. Yep. You need to do some stuff that some, – some rubs yes. and things like that. And if they get flagged, they get flagged. But, the, shoot, they're trying them. <laughs> yeah. they got to figure out something there. And then, I, you know, obviously it's hideous. It's, you know, Andrew Peasley, a terrible debut for the Cowboys, 5 of 20 for 30 yards and a pick. Could have been three picks pretty easily, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, but Craig Bull talked about the 50-50 balls. Trayton Welch didn't pull one down in the end zone. That hurt. Um, I know the interception was very poorly underthrown, but, you know, not a lot of battle there. I think you want to pull that guy down before you let him pick it. Not to mention he went about 40 yards in the opposite direction after he did pick it. So um, the play calling was head-scratching. I thought, uh, obviously, the big one down at the goal line I wrote about extensively this weekend. Um, you can't run it <laughs> from thir- third and goal from the eight-yard line. You can't run there. You You just can't do it, especially short side. I mean... That's just kind of, to me, waving the white flag. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like it just... Don't you want to take a chance and put it in the end zone? I mean, Trayton Welch dang near came... He said he came down with it. He said he wishes they would have challenged it. Yeah. Uh, but you got to give him a chance, right? Did they think... I didn't talk to Tim Polisek, but do you think that they thought, hey, we'll be back. We'll be back down here. You know, let's just get some points. I mean, you can't play football like that. No, because that game felt like it was 21 nothing. It that sure point. didn't it? It sure did. So... To tie that game up, and Illinois then would think, like, how are these guys tied with us right now? Yeah. We've dominated this game. <laughs> yeah, what can we do here? Yep. I mean, these guys are going to be a pest. Yep. And I was really impressed with the Cowboys' first two drives, which I think is what we're going to see against Tulsa. I, uh, I was really impressed with they started to get Beasley in a little bit of a rhythm. Just short throws. He had a couple in a row completed. They were moving. They were running the ball pretty well. And then just, you know, then there's the interception. Then there's, of course... The one for 12 on third downs, which was, you're not going to beat anybody going one for 12 on third down. And then 0 for 1 on fourth down. When they hurry to the line, every Illinois guy's in the box, and it's, you know, it's a it's a full yard. He needs to get a full yard, and there was not a yard to be had. I thought that was a really poor play call as well. And then, you know, when they finally had some momentum there early in the second half, they're at their own 48-yard line facing a fourth and two, and they punt. I mean, that's just not – you're not going to win football games like that. No, and it, you, with you a young need, roster and you're on the road at a Big Ten team, you got to do that, right? You have to. And then when you did go for it on that fourth and one, it, yeah, take a time out there. Yes. Really go over it. Or go up and act like you're going to snap it. See if you can draw them off sides. Then call the timeout if you don't get them off sides. But yep. don't just go snap the ball. Man. I just thought – I thought there was a lot of missed opportunities. I think the score is not indicative of – what it was, maybe. I know Illinois scored a couple of garbage time touchdowns, but that team is not 32 points better than the Cowboys. And you should you should be happy about that because, you know, let's be real. I know everybody hates excuses. Nine dudes made their first start, their first ever college football start on Saturday in Champaign for the Cowboys. Nineteen guys were wearing a Wyoming jersey over their head for the first time in their careers. I mean... Even Craig Bull mentioned the week before the game, you're going to see some mistakes. I mean, flat out. That's what happens when you're this young. So I just thought, you know, as I wrote in my column, I thought, you know, you're already going to see those mistakes. You already got a ton of new faces and a ton of young guys. 
the coaching staff can't aid in that, I believe I called it misery, because it felt like misery at the time. You, they can't aid in that by, by hamstringing these dudes. And I feel like they really did in a lot of crucial moments. Yeah, I mean, did we want to see something open up in the offense? Well, of course we did, but if the wide receivers cannot get separation, then you have to call underneath stuff, and the tight end's got to be involved. Maybe Parker Christensen out of the backfield. Yes. That kind of stuff. And I know Titus dropped the one ball that probably would have went for a first down, uh, but it wasn't a great pass, but it was still in his hands. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think we saw it. You know, one if we're going to talk about positives we took away from this game, I mean, you got to look at the offensive line first and foremost. I think they run for 14 yards on first down, the first play of the game, on the right side where that's Emmanuel Pregnon making his first ever college start, and they ran behind him with success all afternoon long. He and, was really good. And Titus ran with authority. He sure did. Wow. Yeah. And when he, he punished a couple of guys. I, I know you guys might want to put on your earmuffs here, but I thought the Cowboys got away from the running game more than they should have. I would agree with that. I, I thought it's working. Just punish these dudes. It doesn't work, however, on the eight-yard line on a third and goal to the short side. And after the game, I, not a lot of people mentioned that on social media, so I thought, man, am I crazy? Am I missing something? Or was that a huge screw-up? I, and I stand by it. I rewatched the game. I, I can't believe it. I could not believe that was the play call they came up with. Yeah, I. there's got to be – I mean, they all have their scripts in front of them. They know the situations. They have those situations. So third and eight – or third and goal from the eight or seven on maybe. That can't be number one on the, on the list. <laughs> Boy, I Especially would on sure, the short side. I would sure hope not. There's got to be tight end pass here, tight end pass there. Maybe a sweep to the other side. As much as I hate sweeps, I would have rather saw a sweep. RPO? Yeah. You know what else I've noticed? that I think the Cowboys have a lot more success running the ball when the quarterback is under center and you can let the running back kind of start running downhill. That's another thing I didn't love about that play call at all is you got Peasley in shotgun, turns and hands to a guy who has zero momentum whatsoever and is not allowing those blocks to even kind of develop. I mean, you need a healthy cutback lane if you're running the ball from the eight-yard line. And... I believe there was another situation where it was third and somewhat short, and they were in shotgun, and they handed it off. I hate that. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about it. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. But I it guess allows, a- allows guys to pull. Yeah. And it allows, um, if you do have a fullback in the game or, or a tight end to come around and help with that block to wherever the ball's, you know, the runner's supposed to go. Well, on a third and one, I remember Peasley taking the snap and Titus jumped in front of him to, to aid as his lead blocker. They missed a block. They yep. missed an assignment because they gave too much time for the defense to penetrate. He's taken down in the backfield. Well, there was another time, too, when uh, Brosh uh, went, his, ga- or his line was too far to the right. And um, Peasley missed the handoff, and he had to come around to the left side and sweep, too. So that was another miscue. Miscue, the word of the day. And the Cowboys needed to play a clean football game. Uh, They didn't. They turned the ball over twice. Illinois was close to one turnover, I believe, on special teams. Other than that, they played a very clean game. Um, Thank God. (laughs) As bad as that score was, it could have been a heck of a lot worse. Illinois really shot themselves in the foot. And I think that's part of what you're talking about early on. It felt like it was 21 to nothing because Illinois was doing whatever they wanted. They just were getting in their own way. Mm-hmm. And then they also missed a couple of field goals. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. Yep. And, you know, DeVito goes 27 to 37. Very efficient day. Very. Uh, just under 200 yards. Uh, Brown was great, as we already spoke about. The backup running back, unfortunately, he got hurt. Um, and that looked like it was bad, too, Yeah. when he went down. 
Um, then they showed the replay. Um, but, uh, you know, it's time to move on. Uh, yeah. The you know the first question of course at post game always how long are you going to talk about this? We have a twenty four hour rule. Hopefully that was a twelve hour rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there's nothing that you could really take from that other than how to improve. You know, Jared, if I was a good reporter, I would know the answer to this. Um, when's the last time you think the Cowboys gave up a hundred yards to a single rusher in the first half of a football game? Had to be Air Force, right? At some point, that but, was damn near the first quarter. Yeah, I think he had ninety something at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. 19 carries for 156 yards. I, I'd love to see when the last time a Cowboy defense gave up seven-plus yards per attempt on the ground, which is what they did to Chase Brown. Yeah, he, Three touchdowns on the day, one receiving. Uh, he, was, uh, he was a beast. He's really good. I don't care if they're playing Michigan. I don't care if they're playing Ohio State. That kid's good. He's good enough to where I am going to tune into some Illinois games to watch him against those other defenses. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Well, if we're going to take away any positives from this thing, I think we got to start at the offensive line. I thought, when you look at the official stats, if Illinois played on natural grass, Andrew Peasley wouldn't even have to wash his uniform this week. That's how good that offensive line was with three dudes who are new. Uh, Walsh played a lot. Jack Walsh, the Illinois native, he played a lot there at the uh, left guard spot. Tulafono taking over for Keegan Kreider at center. He was great for the most part. Uh, Emmanuel Pregnon was awesome. In fact, he was he was pretty much dominant, mm-hmm. and, and that was a huge Illinois front, and he was really good. Frank Crum was really good. Aboje moving over to the left tackle spot for his first ever game. Illinois didn't breathe on Andrew Peasley, but that also shows you how much the Cowboy receivers did not get any separation. How many times did we see Andrew rolling to his right and rolling and rolling mm-hmm. and rolling? Yep. Nobody's open. Pretty hard to uh, complete passes and pretty hard to have an efficient... You know, it's. I, I think the play calls are there, and I think that's where the fans flip out, right? It's like, oh, here we go again. Nobody can throw... They can't throw the ball again. Well, nobody's getting open. Pretty hard to throw the ball when nobody's open. And I think Peasley's the type of quarterback, and hopefully we can see this in the next coming weeks, that he's the type of guy that gets in the rhythm when he is kind of rolling out, yep. though, and maybe is running away from somebody because um, he, he's a natural runner. Oh, well, heck, he had what? 76, 76 yards on eight yep. carries. And those were, uh, he was all by himself. He should have probably scored. If he would have cut it back up that one time, yeah. he would have scored. Yeah. yeah. And, and, to, and to have the Cowboys even in the game at that point seemed insane. It, it really had an Air Force feel to it like last year. How is this 14 to 14 at halftime? Yep. I mean, that was just pure domination from Illinois. But I thought the defense really settled in, I thought they settled down. Um, White Eckler had a heck of a game. A lot of those youngsters had really good games. Uh, Cole Goodbow and Jordan Bernali were awesome. Illinois did nothing between the tackles. I thought they were really good. And the defensive ends, for as young as they are, uh, Braden Siders chased a couple guys down. I thought Show was in on quite a few plays. Well, Jim Nagy with the senior bowl. We yeah. see his name a lot ever since Josh Allen's been around. But yeah. he, he really likes Wyoming guys, and he, he made a comment about Cole Goodbow saying this is he's going to be top one of the top interior linemen in the 23 draft. No question about it. Yep. He was last year. Um, unfortunately, he just plays one of those positions where you just you never see the guy's face and he does all the dirty work. But I watched him on a few snaps uh, specifically, and he was not getting moved at all. And I'm talking double teams. He put his foot in the ground and just stood his ground. And he's just uh, he's a really good player. But, uh, you know, Coach brought up the fact that Rook Brown, uh, a nickelback who'd never played a college snap in his life had to play 35 snaps because Keontae Glinton had such bad cramps during the game. Wyatt Eckler dealt with cramps. Um, 
you know, but other than that, I thought Shea Suianoa played well. That was his first start at weak side linebacker. I thought he was good. Um, you know, Gavin Meyer was even good in the middle. Uh, Jay Savell told me that Caleb Robinson and Gavin, Gavin Meyer would actually be able to spell Goodbow and Bertinoli a little bit. I thought they were really good. You didn't really see a drop-off when they were on the field at all. Um, I thought the corners were fine. I mean, Illinois Illinois completed a bunch of underneath stuff. They didn't They didn't go over the top or go nuts going over the top. Just the wheel route, and that was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And the wheel route, if you watch that play, Easton Gibbs just gets caught in traffic. And, and you know, they're a little shell-shocked, right? I mean, here's Illinois already knocking on the door on play number two. Yeah, and they took that kickoff back, and I did get a text right away, holding on the kickoff, and I was like, well, I missed it. I'm not going to rewind it. Was it really blatant? And he goes, yeah. Uh, so. Not a good start. No. Not a good start for the Cowboys. But, but Pokes shouldn't have to worry about any cramping today. It is going to be warm today, though, <laughs> yeah. but the humidity is going to be almost nil. But yeah. mid-80s in Laramie in uh, September 3rd? Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, You know, another thing that people are really pointing out is they maybe should. Um, Clayton Stewart did not have a good debut for the Cowboys as a punter. The Texas State transfer shanked He did a settle in. He settled in at the end there, but he shanked a couple of 22-yarders that just were at the worst possible times. Yep. And and Craig really mentioned how how important field position is. Not like we need to – not that we don't already know that, but w- how critical that was. I mean, Illinois held onto the ball for 36 minutes – of course, Cowboys did themselves no favors on third down. Uh, the offense just wasn't on the field that much. And and to be honest, being there in Champaign, they said, it's not even going to be a hot day. It's not going to be a humid day. It was downright miserable on the field. I, mm-hmm. I walked on the field before the game, and it's like, wow, this is uh, this this might be sneaky. And it was. I've heard from a lot of people that were at the game, even players, that, man, it was it was sneaky hot that day. So Yeah, I heard, I heard some people call in saying that they – at a competitor's call-in show, yeah, and they said they were at the game, and they said it was one of the hottest games, even Texas, they mentioned. Wow. That it was that hot in there. Wow. So. Well, I missed that part of it, but it was it was steamy for sure, and, and none of the locals acted like it was even a rough day at all. It was but. 70 degrees where you were sitting, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it was, it was perfect where I was sitting. <laughs> Speaking of, i got to tell you this. I've never seen this in my life, and because you've done the SID thing and stuff like that, maybe you have. After the game, the guy said, after I get out of Bulls press conference, I come back up to my seat to type. The guy next to me is crushing a, a Miller Lite tall boy. And I'm like, all right. So this guy, I, he talked to me a little bit during the game. I have no idea who he is, some reporter. And he, uh, he had mentioned drinking a few times. So I thought maybe he's just a raging alcoholic and he brought some Miller Lite with him in his bag or something. Um, Illinois' SIDs and Illinois' staff gives out free beer. They had an entire fridge full of tall boys, and they had a tap. Have you ever seen that in your life? Yes. So when I was traveling with the trophy, University of Miami, the old Orange Bowl, they had drinks after the game. Because <laughs> I had to hang out there and wait for a ride. And then at the Sugar Bowl, um, this was a year after I was done with that, and I came back to Wyoming. So Wyoming was playing LSU in basketball. So Dave, Kevin, and I went to the Sugar Bowl. It was Miami against Florida or Florida. Yeah. I think that's when they had that brawl on Bourbon Street before the game. Yeah. And we um, we were sitting up there and in the press box, and there was there was a tap up there. Wow. So we had a couple. Not a lot, but we <laughs> had a couple. Working. Yeah, we weren't working. We were just having fun watching the game. I've never seen anything like that. And, of course, I didn't indulge, which, you know, sucks. But I was uh, – 
I was stunned to see that. And I heard their SID tell Wyoming's people, like, hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you grab some for the road, put them in your bag? And, and I'm like, this, ain't, this can't be real life. I mean, this is unbelievable. <laughs> and since they are honoring Dave and Kevin today with bobblehead dolls, <laughs> yes, first 5,000 fans, by the way. Yep. <laughs> um, one of my favorite pictures is Dave and Kevin. We're on the field after the game. The uh, Miami uh, mascot's holding a sign next to a security guard riding a horse inside the Sugar Dome. Dave and Kevin are standing right there, and the sign said state champs because they had beaten Florida yeah. State and Florida. Oh, that's awesome. And so I have that picture, and I had typed on the bottom, horse's asses. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, that's great. And I did give them each one, too. Well, speaking of beer and drinks in general, that's the beauty of this Dickies location here in Laramie. Uh, you can actually come have some beers, folks. They have an outside patio. Uh, unlike the one at the Frontier Mall in Cheyenne, you can actually come here and tailgate a little bit. Absolutely, and that, that patio is great. I used to spend a lot of <laughs> evenings on it back when it was Blimpies and Baileys, Baileys growing up, and I'm sure that's bringing bowls. back some memories from a lot of people. But same patio. And they have, they still have beer. So stop in and join us. And if you are the next person to tell us that you um, heard this on the radio, stop in. Two free tickets in your pocket for today's game. Kickoff is at one thirty. All right. Before we go to commercial break, definitely want to thank our sponsors as always. Uh, you know, Wild Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Warren's Repair and Towing, and Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, as well as Dickie's Barbecue Pit. The location here in Laramie, where we're at right now, at uh, 2410 Grand Avenue and also at the Frontier Mall in Cheyenne. Um, before we go to break, though, Jared, I want to mention, uh, you know, we got the depth chart. Andrew Peasley's at the top of the depth chart again. I I, uh, I love it. I do, too. You, you, you can't pull him after that. Um, there was just not all of it was his fault. Yes, he needs to improve on his accuracy. And, you know, you probably saw, too, that – one of those interceptions that happened on the far side of the field was a very long throw. Mm -hmm. Maybe he, they need to find out that he can't make those throws. Yeah. He can't do a Josh Allen yeah. from that far away. So they have to redo some things within the offense. Yeah. I, uh, I love Andrew Peasley's temperament. Um, he came into the post-game press conference, took the bullets, took the blame, put it all on himself. I mean, that was probably the best or probably the worst football game he's ever played in his entire life. And that's what a true keep team captain does that's a that's a fact and he is a team captain and i think it's well deserved uh his fellow teammates also stepped up to the podium and said they have full faith in him i mean of course you don't expect him to say anything different but they kind of had that look in their eye that hey man you think we're going to give up on this dude after one bad outing we all played like crap and i i, I really love that I, I i didn't expect anything else i expected peasley to be at the top of the depth chart i i just i love it I love it. You know, you don't. You would absolutely kill this kid's confidence if you did that. And he has swagger, and he has. There's something about Andrew Peasley. There really is. And I know some people out there might be going, "Are you out of your mind? Five of twenty for thirty yards." But you know, forget about that one. Throw those, it away. Those are the armchair quarterbacks, the ones that Ugh. just want to complain to complain. Oh boy, did I see that? Did you know <laughs> Wyoming should join the FCS? I don't know if you. Oh, saw that, I did maybe. see that. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Yeah, Wyoming will not be joining the FCS. In fact, they will be taking on Tulsa here at 1.30 p.m. inside War Memorial Stadium for the home opener. We'll see you on the other side of the break.
Welcome back to the 7220 Sports Kickoff Show here in Laramie outside of Dickie's Barbecue Pit at 2410 Grand Avenue. I must admit I've been crushing some briskets. Um, <laughs> I uh, can't help myself. Did you go with the spicy barbecue sauce or the regular? I'm a wimp. All right, I'm a wimp. I'm all, all right. about the regular. Their spicy is pretty good, though. I like it all, actually. I love this place. And, you know, I live in Cheyenne. We both live in Cheyenne. We definitely frequent that one. But, obviously, the beauty of this one is there is beer. beer. And, unfortunately, we can't do the beer thing today, but um, we will. And, like you, I've done a lot of fish bowls in this building. I can in about 30 minutes. You can. Yeah, you can. That's the one thing. I run into so many people in the parking lots all over this country, and they're like, oh, man, come have a beer. And I'm like, dude. You have no idea. I got to work. I can't have a beer. I couldn't even have a free beer in the press box because I had too much to do. (laughs) Absolutely crazy. I absolutely, too, another thing that's awesome here is the smoked wings are unbelievable. I I never knew. You know, I've lived in Texas twice, and my thoughts were, I'm not going to a barbecue joint to eat wings, but smoked wings are legit. They have a good flavor to them, that's for sure. Not bad. You can also visit Dickies.com, of course, or visit their (laughs) locations. One on Del Range in the Frontier Mall in Cheyenne. The other, 2410 Grand Avenue, where we happen to be right now. We are giving away tickets. Of course, the Cowboys will take on the Golden Hurricane of Tulsa, who happened to be on a three-game winning streak in this series against the Cowboys. The last two, and we'll talk a little bit about those, the last two meetings are beyond painful to think about, uh, especially the one in 1998, uh, which I will never, ever forget that game as long as I live. The Wyoming Lottery wants you to know there's another reason to cheer on the Pokes. If the Cowboys win, you win too. That's right, if the Pokes win, then Cowboy Draw tickets are buy one, get one free this Sunday from 11 to 2. So, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. They have not played a game yet this year. This is their season opener. Um, If they're anything like that team in 2019, uh, which... Coach Bull described as a Donnybrook. I thought that was the best way to put it because <laughs> about seven Cowboys went off the field that day with medical assistance, not to mention Logan Harris taking one to the Nugget and spending the rest of the afternoon at the local hospital, uh, which was a scary scene with the ambulance on the 50-yard line that you never want to see. That was one of the most physical games that I can remember in quite some time. Brutal. I mean, it was punishing. It really was. Time and time again, both sides of the ball. Yeah. And there weren't really any cheap shots i wouldn't say it was just a good old-fashioned backyard brawl it really was it was tough and the cowboys were hammering them too you could really hear the pads cracking you, you've been to that stadium numerous times uh it's really small intimate place so even from the press box you could really hear and see and it was just it was tough man i, I believe trey smith was hurt for the year during that game rocket ishmael went down alonzo velasquez was out for the year i believe after that one um it was ugly but speaking of ugly uh i believe the Cowboys had to punt. I believe they went three and out on like eight straight drives. And if you recall, Tyler Vanderwall had to come into that one. And I believe he went three and out on two drives. And then, uh, and, and it started so great. Sean Chambers blew right up the middle for like a 50 yard touchdown on the opening drive. And you thought, all right. And if you recall, the Cowboys had upset Missouri in the opener, which you knew they were going to take that momentum for a ride. They really didn't because <laughs> they barely hung or they barely beat Texas State the next week then really hung on by the skin of their teeth against Idaho in War Memorial Stadium the following week. And then this one, Sean Chambers diving for the end zone when the Cowboys are only down three, only needed a field goal, which, by the way, a Cooper Roth field goal was blocked in this game cleanly. Somebody missed their assignment. Um, 
Sean Chambers fumbles, Tulsa takes over, Tulsa wins the ball game. So it was an unbelievable ball game. They were really Tulsa was, you know, maybe not the most talented team in the world, but they had some quick shifty receivers too, and they run out of a out of a spread offense. Uh, but it's not your Dave Christensen spread, if you will. They really value Philip Montgomery always has values running the football, and that's what they're gonna do. Well, and you can see that with the size of their running backs. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that here in just a few minutes. But one thing on the Cowboys' side, take it for what it's worth, the series is tied 3-3, three to three, and the Cowboys won the first three. Tulsa's won the last three, but Wyoming is 2-0 and in Laramie. Yeah. Um, why are the Cowboys playing? That? Well, no, I guess, yeah, this is... I was going to say, why are the Cowboys playing in Tulsa so much? Why don't they make them come here? But they were in the same conference for a minute. Yeah, and this this series goes back a little bit before that too. But but it you know it's it is what it is, and I think it's a good Tulsa's a hotbed for high school football. Absolutely, it's good for recruiting. I think to have a game in the state of Oklahoma every once in a while, just like the Cowboys have a have a game in the state of. Uh, Texas every once in a while and Illinois and Illinois those are hotbed recruiting areas absolutely so let's just go ahead and get this one out of the way 1998 were you with the program at the time no that was (laughs) that was I was at Texas San Antonio no I was with the trophy that year oh no I wasn't where the heck was I I don't don't know I remember no but (laughs) I know I was cussing at the television I know that (laughs) me too yeah, you know, in talking to Dana Dimmel about that game, he just dropped his head and shook it and said, man, I still to this day have no idea what happened. Um, Cowboys were going for, what, a 9-3 and record, I believe. The Vegas Bowl people were in attendance with their shirts and the girls. The dance, the showgirls the Showgirls, the whole shebang. Cowboys are playing lowly Tulsa in front of about 10 people in that stadium. Uh, they came out wearing these hideous red jerseys. You remember that? They oh, wore yeah. these terrible Those red Those were the ones uniforms. they wore back in the, the hurricane flag warning jerseys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, they were bad. And uh, that turf looked like painted concrete, and they just hammered the Cowboys. Ugliest game, one of the ugliest games I've ever seen in my life. 35 to nothing, and it was every bit of 35 to nothing. Yeah. With a bowl game on the line, Cowboys hadn't been to a bowl game since 1993. Back then, you know, Dana Dimmel was winning eight games a year, and you didn't go to bowl games just because you won eight games a year back in those days. So, uh, I, from what I understand from Kevin McKinney, they, uh, the showgirls were ushered out pretty quickly, <laughs> and the shirts were thrown in some boxes, and they got out of Dodge, and the Cowboys were uninvited. The shirts were sent overseas to a third-world <laughs> country. <laughs> that child you adopt is probably wearing a Wyoming Las Vegas Bowl 1998 shirt. <laughs> Yeah, that was ugly. So every time we play Tulsa, every time the Cowboys take on Tulsa, that's exactly where my mind goes to. Being a youngster, I was, what, 14, 15 at the time, and just uh, beside myself. (laughs) Beside myself. Cowboys went into Fort Collins right before that, too, and rolled CSU in the mud and in the cannon smoke. And uh, they talk about your classic overlooking a team. That was 100% it. But now we can fast forward 24 years. (laughs) 24 years. Uh, do we have to? Oh man, that means you're 38. Yeah, I, I most certainly am, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be 39 next week. Your beard shows it. It sure does. It's, that's what kids and marriage does to your face, Jared. Uh, well, my hair's <laughs> gray and damn near gone. So, <laughs> well, you know, to be honest with you, this Tulsa team, um, a lot of new faces for them as well. They they have some they have some playmakers. When I look at this two deep right off the bat, uh, 
first person I look at, Keelan Stokes, um, I believe he dealt with a lot of injuries last year, but he's their kind of inside guy. He's their slot receiver, 5'10", 202. Um, he's been there forever. He was in that 2019 game and and all over the field, of course. And then Davis Brin, their quarterback, of course, he, uh, he's he been in the Tulsa program for a few years, and he waited behind some guys, I believe Smith, the Baylor transfer who played against the Cowboys in 2019. Uh, Brin, you know, Brin's a... He's a nice quarterback, uh, and as Craig Bull mentioned, it's really nice to have a returning quarterback. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, pretty big deal in college football. And the one thing that sticks out to me right here is he's tough, obviously, because he played in every single game last year. No other quarterback took a snap for Tulsa. And uh, he completed 60% of his balls. He he threw for, what, 3,254 yards, threw 18 touchdowns. But here's where I would think Philip Montgomery and company would want to get that cleaned up. That's the 16 interceptions and he was sacked 25 times uh not really a running threat this guy so uh yeah 68 attempts last year for 75 yards uh that is a 1.1 yards per carry average so cowboys uh kind of have a sitting duck here if they can get to him mm-hmm. and uh you look at their you know the running backs like I said they have some serious size Yes. Um, at one guy, we're going to talk about number 24. You won't be able to miss him. His <laughs> name's Steven Anderson, 6'2", 269. Oh, my God. Dear. There's high schools that don't even have players <laughs> on their entire team that weigh 269, let alone a starting running back. So we talked about it with Craig Bull, and, and I talked about it when I was doing radio with some Tulsa guys this week, and I said, is this correct? 269 pounds. I mean, that's huge. Think about the guy who's going to be tackling him, Easton Gibbs. He's about, what, 230? Yeah. I mean, obviously you get him at the legs and do all that good stuff, but, I mean, that still ain't going to feel good. Yeah. <laughs> Easton Gibbs, <laughs> 6'2", 230 pounds. This cat is allegedly 6'2", 269. I'm looking at ESPN right now. He had 45 attempts last year for 219 yards. You'd imagine most of his stuff's coming between the tackles. Uh, I can't imagine he's really hitting the outside. Uh, he averaged 4.9 yards per carry. What they're saying on ESPN is he's 6'2", 242, which is still a gigantic running back. Well, and it's listed in their game notes in two different locations as 269, so we'll see. If, but still, cow. even at 242, that's still a big dude. Wow. And then you got uh, Daenerick uh, Prince, who's a transfer from A&M. So you know he's going to have some speed. Yep. Um, he rushed for just under um, – in his Tulsa career, he's rushed for just under 1,000 yards. So he's obviously going to go over the 1,000-yard mark, uh, most likely. And then uh, then another guy who was a, who's a JCL American in 2020, uh, Jordan Ford. It wouldn't be a Wyoming football game if somebody wasn't doing something spectacular, right? I believe uh, last week Chase Brown went over 2,000 rushing yards for his career. Uh, somebody's going to reach some milestone against the Cowboys. <laughs> That's just the way it works, right? And it's always in their bios. You, if you look through the opposing team bios, you always say, versus Wyoming, versus oh. Wyoming. I was like, how? And then, you know, you move on to the wide receivers. They got some talented guys there, too. Uh, Keelon Stokes uh, is third all-time on their career all-purpose. He's a nice list. player. He's a really And nice he's player. missed a bunch of games. He's been in their program since 2017. So there's, you know, the COVID year, um, an injury year. And uh, but he has almost forty two hundred career um, all purpose yards. Yeah, I believe it. He caught a couple of slants against the Cowboys and uh, made the secondary look like they were in quicksand, to say the least. Um, what I what I gathered, you know, I haven't, you know, uh, I obviously looked into Tulsa all week, but you know, I like to hear from word of mouth from their guys too. And and what I'm hearing is their offensive line. You know, there's a couple of juniors on there, but really sophomores. There's a grad transfer, new guy, sophomore. 
they lost. They've lost a couple guys to the NFL, like high in the draft. I believe they had a first round draft pick last. They year. did this last year uh, yep. to the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Um, so they've got some dudes, and then of course, what a couple years ago, or linebacker, they were playing Cincinnati for the AAC championship uh, a couple years ago. So, in a lot of ways, in looking at Tulsa, they've kind of mirrored Wyoming under Craig Bowl. I mean, it was an ugly start, uh, but Philip Montgomery really believes in building through the high school system the way Craig Bowl does. Uh, lost some guys to the portal, have lost quite a few guys to the draft, which is a good thing for your program. Um, so kind of that. They've kind of been up and down, but their trajectory is nice. I know right now it's hard to say Wyoming's trajectory is nice because I don't I don't really know what Wyoming's trajectory is right now, to be honest with you. I, I don't know. When you have so many young guys, I don't know. And, and I know you guys are going to get upset with us talking about the youth, but it is what it is. I mean, how can you not talk about that? It's factual. It's the third youngest team in college football. Yeah, you can't not talk about that. And they're going to make mistakes and things are going to happen. I mean, is 5 for 20 okay? No. Um, but I believe that's going to change today. And I know there is some there is some talent in the, in the Golden Hurricane secondary here, but uh, they do have a senior. They do have a grad transfer. They have a junior. They've got some dudes back there. But I don't know that their defensive front um, – you know, I, I don't know that their defensive front is going to be their strength. And uh, for the Cowboys so far, anyway, the offensive line is the strength, and we know what Titus Swin brings. Obviously, Titus has some bruised ribs that he sustained in Champaign. Um, that can't feel good for a running back. You'd imagine he'll be rocking the flak jacket, and that ain't going to feel good either. But uh, it hurts to breathe when you have bruised ribs. But that's just how hard Titus runs. I mean, what, he did a cartwheel in, or a somersault in the air on a, what, one-yard gain in Illinois? Yeah, and he landed right on the ball. Yeah. Is, do you think that's what hurt I, him? I think so, when he, because when he went down, he rolled over to his back, and the ball was underneath him, and it, it was like, ouch. Um, believe it or not, for a Big Ten stadium, um, Illinois didn't have replay <laughs> on the TVs in the press box or on the stadium screen. Not one replay. Well, you know, when I was looking... At ESPN, after the game, I was going to look up the stats real quick. It wasn't connected to the stat tracker either. So I had something wasn't working. Yeah, they had something going on, that's for sure. Uh, once again, we are here outside of Dickie's Barbecue Pit at 2410 Grand Avenue. Come get some brisket and a beer. Come tailgate. Come say what's up. I believe we have more tickets to give away. It looks like you have a whole stack of them. Absolutely. Stop you know, stop in right now and tell us that you just heard this on the radio and mentioned 7220sports.com, and we'll give you two more tickets to today's game. Yeah, and drop by and get some smoked wings or your favorite barbecue sauce, favorite barbecue today in Laramie, or if you're in Cheyenne and you're one of those people that are, you know, watching it on TV, uh, you can also visit uh, dickies.com. So I hope you're not one of those people watching on TV. The home opener in Laramie is always, like, it's it's a it's a holiday. It's supposed to be eighty four, blanketed in sun. Get over here. You I, got time. I know people are apathetic right now, and I know they're they're not even apathetic. They were apathetic before the Illinois game, but I think people now. Uh, I wrote about it this week. Uh, all we heard about was you know when is it basketball season? And by the way, that's becoming very annoying very quick. Um, because where were you three years ago during Wyoming basketball season? I sure didn't hear anybody clamoring for basketball season. <laughs> we'll put it that way. I didn't hear one person. 
We could barely give tickets away to basketball games. Yeah. If I saw there was a flake of snow in the forecast, I was like, yeah, I don't know if it's worth chancing it today. But speaking of basketball, let's dip into a little bit of basketball news here. The Cowboys did announce today their conference schedule, which will open December 28th at Fresno State. They come home for New Mexico, and then the big one on January 7th, San Diego State visiting the Arena Auditorium. I'm not looking at a calendar right now, so I don't know if that's a Saturday or not. It is. It is a Saturday. Um, Get there. Uh, That should be sold out. The bad thing is students aren't back in session yet, but... Um, aren't you sick of hanging out at home by then anyway? Yes. Get back to Laramie for that game. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to praise the conference office. You don't hear me say that very often. They got it right. Both border wars are on Saturdays. Wow. January 21st in, Le- 21st in Laramie and February 25th in Fort Collins. Yeah, I mean, just a quick rundown here. Uh, December 28th at Fresno, December 31st, New Mexico in Laramie. Then the following uh, on on January 7th, that's when San Diego State's in town. Uh, January 10th at Utah State, 14th at home versus Boise State, 17th at Air Force. CSU, of course, first meeting in Laramie on the 21st of January. 24th, Cowboys heading down to Vegas to take on the Rebels. Uh, 31st of January, Fresno State in Laramie. Then they will go to San Jose State for the February 4th meeting. UNLV, uh, unlike last year, will be in town on February 7th. Then they go to Boise State, New Mexico. That When I look at this schedule, as far as like difficulty, that's the, that's the difficult road trip right there, to say the least. At Boise State on February 11th, and then in the pit at Albuquerque, on the 14th of February, and then on the 18th, they come home to take on Air Force, and then the 21st, the Aggies, then head down to Moby to take on the Rams on the 25th of February. They will close out the home schedule on the 28th against Nevada, and then they will, this is the big one. This one could be huge uh, at San Diego State, February 4th, or, or March 4th, excuse me. And I've, you have to look at it by saying the conference office decided that that was going to be the finale because they think that might be for the championship. Yeah. And I wouldn't doubt if it's on CBS National. Yeah. Not CBS Sports oh. Network or FS1. I think I bet you that's a CBS National game. If things go the way they could and maybe should, um, that could be a battle of top 20 teams. Yep. I mean, that could be really, really good here. So from what we're hearing, Jared, uh, the non-conference schedule will be released here Shortly. Should be, yeah, and it maybe I don't know. It, it could be Monday. It could be shoot. It may have been today. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I know I give you crap about uh, you know you people out there asking for basketball season. It is going to be exciting, but you know, put some weight behind this young cowboy football team. Give them a mulligan for last week for crying out loud. I know it was ugly, and I know there was a lot, not a lot to love, but you have three straight home games, and I know that's very difficult for people driving the distances and stuff like that. But Laramie, Cheyenne, students, Wheatland, Douglas, you know, Colorado. Rollins, yeah, Northern Colorado. Let's go. Show up, uh, support this team, and enjoy the weather. Absolutely. Because you know you're going to be complaining about the weather from late October and November, <laughs> so enjoy it now. You have the you have the uh, games this week pulled up by chance? Of course not, but I will here in a second. I do if not. Go down the Mountain West slate here. I think the big games in college football this weekend, of course, uh, Notre Dame at Ohio State is the really big one. Um 
The other top 25 matchup is Georgia and Oregon. Oregon ranked 11th will be going to Georgia to Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta to take on the number three Bulldogs, the defending national champions. Um, but what about the Mountain West slate this week? So the Mountain West, uh, Colorado State's already kicked off against Michigan. Um, man, Michigan was a 30-point favorite in that game with all those transfers at CSU. That just shows you that Michigan does is, is deserving of their eighth number eight ranking right now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Northern Iowa um, just kicked off at Air Force just down the road. <clears throat> um, Arizona State at – Arizona, excuse me, at San Diego State. So another Pac-12 team trying out the Aztecs again. The Aztecs have owned the Pac-12 lately. But San Diego State's got some serious controversy swirling Yes, right they now. do. And if you want to read about that, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> it might get a little dicey. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, pull that up if you want to hear about that stuff. Um, and then uh, Texas State is at Nevada. Uh, Nevada's only a one-point favorite in that game. Wow. I believe it. They're young. Yeah. Very young. Um, Utah State all the way to Tuscaloosa <laughs> to take on the number one Crimson Tide, 41-point underdogs. Levi Williams will play in that game. Yes. <laughs> Guaranteed. Good luck, Levi. And then uh, Maine is at New Mexico. Boise State is at Oregon State, which will be a fun nightcapper tonight. That game doesn't kick off till 8.30. So. And then uh, Western Kentucky's over on the island in Honolulu, uh, taking on Hawaii. Yep, that's Rome and, Weber, of course, going to Western Kentucky. And Western Kentucky's a 16-point favorite. I believe it, because Hawaii is the youngest team in America. After Vanderbilt put a pounding on them and scored the most points in 50-some years. <laughs> You know, guys, I mean, yeah, Nevada is one of the younger teams. They went on the road, and they won in Las Cruces, but I think that says more about New Mexico State than it does <clears throat> Nevada. They're going to take their lumps this year. There's no question about it. And I was watching that game. It was it was decent to watch, actually, for a while, and then it just got ugly. Well, I am, uh, you know, speaking of ugly, I thought Utah State, their game was pretty ugly against UConn right off the bat. Well, I even texted you, and I said, Utah State's down 14 nothing, and you were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we didn't get to see, all we got to see in the uh, press box there in Champaign was Nebraska's debacle, which was nothing short of beautiful, but unfortunately Wyoming played so bad I couldn't really crow too much. Um, I'm looking at the national scene here a little bit, too. Maybe an underrated game here, number 7 Utah at Florida. And they're playing that in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium there in Gainesville. So that could be a fun one. And uh, the national folks are talking about that game because Utah's actually has has a chance, they're saying, to be in the playoffs this year. Yep. They're that good. They're, you know, ranked top ten going into the season. Um, but Florida, you know, have to go all the way down there. The humidity factor, which the Cowboys um had, you know, some cramps last week. Um, always takes a hold, and that's that's a fun stadium to watch a game in. If you've never been there, I've been there a couple times. It's loud, and the fans are on top of you in 90-plus. Um, but that will be interesting to see who comes out of that because that's going to take them to um, you know the next level. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. Make sure to stop by Dickie's Barbecue Pit here in Laramie at 2410 Grand Avenue. Uh, this has been the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Dickie's Barbecue Pit in Laramie and Cheyenne. The show is also sponsored by Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, Y.O. Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, and Warren's Repair and Towing. Thank you for joining us. For Jared Newland, I'm Cody Tucker. Stay tuned for Wyoming football next, right here on KOWB. Hey, Wyoming, the Wyoming Lottery wants you to know there's another reason to cheer on the Pokes. If the Cowboys win, you win too. That's right, if the Pokes win, then Cowboy Draw tickets are buy one, get one free this Sunday from 11 to 2 p.m. Let's go, Wyoming.